Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, D. Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. Good morning, everyone. This is Dave Thompson. Uh, We are here live with you again on a Wednesday morning. You never know what morning that we're going to show up or whether it's going to be evening. You know, whenever we were talking with people over in England and uh, Australia, we had to do it in the evening to take care of the time zones. But today, we're all in the same time zone. And Joe Barone, you're with me? Yes, I am, Dave. Good deal. It's, you know, hey, we, we tried to get on a little bit ago for you folks uh, that maybe was trying to find us uh, this morning. Uh, and technology kind of challenged us a little bit this morning. It's kind of doing that to a lot of people, isn't it, Joe? Yes, it is. And, and you've always got to be able to, to improvise and have a backup plan. And you came through with that and we're able to get right on the air. Uh, hopefully, people who have advertised this uh, session out to, this podcast out to, and I've advertised it out to a number of people, will hopefully find us. If they couldn't get the original link, they'll hopefully find us on Podbean. Well, that's kind of the neat thing about Podbean uh, is if uh, people just go to Podbean and then check the live shows, uh, our show will pop up. It may not be the original one, like you said, mm-hmm. Joe, but mm-hmm. hey, we're here. So um, and Joe and I uh, found each other actually through a live podcast with uh, Dr. Aaron last week. You had some thoughts and concerns and we just turned it into a show for you today. And I appreciate that, Dave, very, very much. And I'm glad that you can share your expertise. I can share my expertise and my question and hopefully be of benefit to a lot of different people out there. So who is Joe and uh, what is your expertise? I guess that's maybe what we should ask first this morning. Okay. So for those who don't know me, my name is Joseph Barone and my company's name is called A Fool for Learning. A Fool for Learning uh, is a consulting firm that I started a little over a year ago, and our focus is to work with small to medium-sized organizations, but I'm happy to work with large ones, and to focus with them on their training and learning side of the house. And that training and learning side can be for their staff internally, whether it be one staff, 20 staff, 1,000 members, or externally, their clientele their clients. And I focus on a couple of areas. I focus on the design, the development, the facilitation if needed, and even the evaluation. And of course, even before the design, let me make mention of the needs analysis. Do you really, the question we always ask is, do you really need training? Is training really the right solution for you? Um, For an organization, we have the needs analysis, the design, the development, facilitation, and even evaluation. And we can help organizations with their very traditional classroom learning, which, of course, is not really taking place very much these days. 
<laughs> um, yeah, traditional, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe in the future it will. You never quite know. Hopefully, hopefully within the next couple of months we'll be able to start this up again. But I can also help you with your webinars, and that could be helping you facilitate a webinar or designing your learning for a webinar or even designing and developing an e-learning course for you. And I can do a lot of the basic e-learning. If you were looking for kind of a, what they call sometimes in the industry a level four e-learning with lots and lots of simulation, et cetera, that's kind of beyond my technical skill, but I can help design those for you. Um, before I start in it, if you don't mind me continuing, just to let all the users know, I worked for a large international bank for 28 years before I decided to strike out on my own. Uh, actually, the strike out on my own was really precipitated by a buyout from the organization. But for 28 years, um, I worked for a very large international organization. We're in over 120 countries around the world. Um, and for 17 of the 28, I was in charge of the IT learning program. So we handled the various Windows rollouts, Office rollouts, but we also handled certain proprietary applications. Um, and in addition to that, for seven of those years, while I was even managing the learning program, for seven of those years, I even ran one of their help desks, a small piece of uh, one of the larger help desk for that organization. But I've also helped others in training. So I also worked with the Boy Scouts, National Catholic Committee on Scouting, uh, helping them with some of their learning and others who may need assistance. Uh, and the, the Boy Scout thing, of course, is as a volunteer, not a paid position. So that's a little bit about Joseph Barone. So, Joe, why are we talking about churches today? Well, you know, on the podcast that I joined you last week, you were talking about a variety of different things. And I came to learn, of course, that you run the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, ACE. Um, and during that conversation, I mentioned that, you know, one of the things that I, I see churches and, and in general houses of worship doing is, of course, they're doing cleaning after their services due to COVID. But the question is, are they doing it the right way? Are they doing things the appropriate way? And I threw that question out to you and Dr. Aaron uh, in, in the podcast last week. And we talked about possibly having a discussion today or another podcast on this issue because I'm a little concerned that houses of worship, even with all of the best intentions to make sure that their houses of worship are clean and safe for their staff, as well as the, as the members of their congregation, may not be doing it the proper way. And, and maybe putting, not just simply from COVID, putting their, their staff and parishioners or congregation members at risk, but also um, using the chemicals or, or uh, products improperly. And so that was a big concern that I had. And if you don't mind me saying, I got this idea because I am on my own parish security committee. Now, you you may be a, a religious person. I, I do not know, uh, Dave, if you are, you aren't. And, and are you? Um. Not highly religious, but that's not neither here nor there. No, Keeping people you, safe doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. And if you go, many congregations, many houses of worship, and the reason I ask is if you are, if you belong to a house of worship of some sort, you may have a security committee. And many houses of worship have security committees, but not everyone does. 
Right. And in most instances, from my understanding, and again, I, I'm not an expert in this field. I'm just kind of someone who's a volunteer, who's on my own, who runs, helps runs my own parish security committee. <clears throat> Many of them focus on the more physical aspects. And when I mean the more physical aspects, I mean what happens if someone gets sick during an event taking place at that particular house of worship? Right. What happens if someone comes in and starts yelling and screaming? Or if there's a fire, how do you, how do you exit out? What do you do? Or as, as many of us will say, what happens? And nowadays you, you, you have to worry about this. What happened if you have an active shooter come into your organization, into your house of worship? What do you do? So well, what you're what you're talking about here, Joe, is reactionary uh, situations. Yes, but you have to be prepared for them. There's a whole training method to go about training people to be prepared for these <clears throat> situations. You know, where is, for example, the defibrillator? How to use the defibrillator? Where's the first aid kit? All of those, and. Some, some um, security committees today, nowadays, have also been tasked with helping uh, deal with the situation of COVID in their houses of worship. And, and, so you, and, and so you feel that that's bringing about an issue then? Or is I that... Believe, go ahead. I'm sorry, Dave. Or, 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 or is that the reason that you're bringing this up? I, I'm hearing that tone. I'm, I'm bringing it up because I think it is a concern... Um, because many parish security committees are not designed to deal with, you know, this sort of, of thing. They're more deal with the physical security um, of things. And so I, I bring this up because a number of security committees, a couple of security committees that I know have been tasked with assisting this uh, in this effort and helping to do everything from the laying out of how, who can sit where, uh, who's going to help clean the, the facility during and after, after every service, all of those sorts of things. And in talking with a couple of people this past week, it's a concern that they have, and they've actually asked me, please make sure that when your session is done, you share the, the recording out with us <laughs> so that we can, we can learn from it. Uh, well, so it, well, is, well, it is a concern. So one of the things that I'll tell you is one of the, here at the Academy, mm -hmm. we have uh, coined a phrase mm -hmm. for what you're talking about, called collaborative cleaning. Okay. Um, this is not something totally new where you've had uh, people that are not schooled or educated in the cleaning or the, the or I would say the nuances of cleaning uh, mm -hmm. professionally. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so what's now being asked of not just churches, but, and we're talking about churches today, but uh, churches aren't the only ones mm -hmm. struggling with this issue. Mm -hmm. uh, many organizations are because we're now have a heightened awareness of the need. And so what that does is it puts stress on the current uh, cleaners, workers, technicians, whatever framework you want mm -hmm. to uh, use. And so what you're now having is this collaborative issue of and I don't want to make this sound anything bad, Joe, but untrained people in this field. Uh, we don't do things in a professional setting like we do at home totally. And I think that's some of the concern you're having here. Absolutely. And, and uh, it concerns me also from seeing what 
other, what people are doing out there, watching YouTube videos or looking to see what others have done, um, maybe uh, articles that come on Twitter, those sorts of things, and, and gets a little concerning because here's what I've seen. No, and that's what I was going to ask. What are you yeah. seeing, Joe? So here's what I, so, so there are two things. There is, there is what we've done in the past and what I'm seeing now. So traditionally, at least in the congregations that I've been part of and knowing some others, usually there isn't a lot of heavy-duty clean. There's no heavy cleaning dirt between services. Normally, the only cleaning that's done between services is the books are rearranged, the hymnals are arranged, whatever it is. They look for the lost and found stuff. Um, that well, sort of stuff the, is the, the tidying, the tidying up. up. Right, right. Yeah. And, and normally after that, during the, the year, you don't see a lot of heavy-duty cleaning. Uh, you know, they'll vacuum the carpets. But you, maybe if you're lucky, you see some heavy-duty cleaning um, before any sort of special holy day or special religious activity. Like so have you been involved in some of that? Um, I Well, as a Boy Scout leader, we volunteered periodically to help in our church. Like we would clean the pews. And when I mean the pew, this is what we clean. And this might have been totally wrong, but this was many years ago. Our scout troop, and as a service project to the host, our sponsor, which was a, a Catholic church, we'd go once a year and we'd wash down all the pews with Murphy's oil soap. And, and we'd clean that nice and clean and get all the dirt, kind of dirt off. But I don't think most churches do that. I don't think my church does it. Do you, many do you mind do if it. I ask a few particulars? Sure, absolutely. So whenever you were using, and I'm, you know, I'm not uh, Murphy's Oil Soap, I, mm -hmm. I'm going to imagine the, the uh, pews were wood then. Yes. Okay. And uh, did they have cushions? No. So they were just wood pews, and so the boys were... Uh, can you explain to me, was this a bucket? Did they have a rag? Did they change it? Kind of get walk me through that. Sure. So the basic process we would use is everybody would be given a bucket, um, usually like a gallon bucket or something like that. Uh, we'd each be given a sponge or a, a rag of some sort. Um, and the bucket would be have the mixture, diluted mixture, and we'd go around and everybody take a pew and we'd wash it. And when the water became really, really dirty, we'd dump it out and get some fresh water and do that all again. Nobody was wearing gloves in those days. And, of course, we're talking years ago. Nobody was wearing any gloves. Um, nobody was wearing any sort of protective thing around. And we just kind of got in and just did it and got out in an hour, a whole bunch of us, and that was it. Okay, so you said when the bucket of water was really, really dirty. Who determined that? Uh, usually whoever the scout was using it. Um, there was no, like, Mr. Barone would look at it or Mr. Gardella would look at it and say, yeah, you really need to get that bucket. Let's get some fresh water in it. When it got a little, when it got dirty, it, the scout made that determination. So I think this is kind of the one thing. I'm not going to talk about the chemical product at this point, right. but this is a process. And I think mm -hmm. this is the difference that we have to think about uh, versus our home mm -hmm. versus this atmosphere that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, uh, regardless of the size of the congregation, these are people that are coming from all over the community. Mm -hmm. We have no idea of their, uh, and, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but personal hygiene mm -hmm. or their situations before mm -hmm. they come in. Um, they are going to sit there for a period of time. And, you know, especially if we have children uh, of, of any age, they have a tendency to, just like adults, 
touch their eyes, their nose, their mouth, and mm -hmm. then touch the pews, touch the hymnals, as you said, the, mm -hmm. the rack that holds them, uh, any of those kind of things. So what you're talking about here is what you're considering really, really dirty through a visual. Mm -hmm. I think the point that we need to get across this morning is to microbes. Uh, it got dirty the first time that you took your rag from the pew and put it in the bucket. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, this is the first thing we want to address this morning is, folks, if you're listening, this is not the way we professionally should um, mitigate infections. Uh, the minute that you take the rag off of a surface and stick it back into the bucket of cleaning solution, whatever it is, it is now contaminated, and all you're doing now is recontaminating the next surface. And my only hope would be I would be the one that would be sitting in the very first pew that you cleaned, the very first piece, because that would be the safest. Everything then, else after that yeah. is highly contaminated, even more so than it was before you started. And Dave, let me let me can we take a step back for a moment? Sure. Um, and, and let me tell you what I see right now with what some houses of worship are doing, because I think um, this will also give you the big picture. So what I talked about was what I did years ago, but some of that is still is happening today. So what I well, see sure. today is volunteers are given a bucket of cleaning solution. In one mm -hmm. video I saw, it was some sort of blue solution. I have no idea what was in this, the solution at all. All I know is the color <laughs> blue. They were given a bucket, just like you would see uh, in a fast food restaurant that some worker like a, a McDonald's or a Burger King or a Chick-fil-A would be cleaning off. And they had a, they were wearing a glove. They were mm -hmm. wearing a mask, you know, one of those cloth masks mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. one of those surgical masks. And they'd wipe down the pews with it. And they'd, but they wouldn't wipe down the whole pew. They were just wiping down parts of the pews. Um, the other thing I've seen, uh, the other two things I've seen is, Co members of a congregation given Clorox bleach wipes, and they would the wipe and they would wipe down the pew, flip it over, wipe down some more of the pew, uh, and after two or three pews or whatever the number was, throw that wipe away, get a new wipe. The third thing I've also seen is um, parishioners or, or volunteers uh, using some sort of Lysol spray or some sort of disinfectant spray, kind of giving it a spray around doorknobs and doors and those sorts of things. And the final thing I've heard of, but I haven't, I haven't seen this used, but I, I know my congregation has this, but I haven't seen it in use yet, is one of those electric, uh, electrostatic disinfectant machines um, to be used. And, and I, I know they're supposedly being used in, in airports and hotels and airlines, and I know some congregation dentist's office may have them, I haven't seen them used yet in, in a parish, but I, in a church, but I know like my, my congregation has bought one, but I haven't seen it in use yet. I haven't gotten to a service to watch yet. So that's kind of the things that I'm currently seeing out there. And this may or may not be the same true in, in every situation, but I think generally that's what we're seeing is volunteers are getting out there with buckets of some sort of cleaning solution and wiping down things, uh, letting them dry, just in time for the next service to begin. Um, and I know this is probably not the right way to do things, but that's what I'm seeing. Well. And there's a lot there. There was a lot, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
uh, we could we, we only have about an hour that we usually uh, but this could be for a long conversation so folks i will tell you one of the things that we've done here at the academy is we do have a course called collaborative cleaning for religious uh facilities uh you certainly can get it uh, go to www.academyofcleaning.com and you can see the the whole thing because what joe and i are going to talk about this morning we cannot cover the whole course mm -hmm. but uh I think there's a number of different things. So the first thing here is uh, what you're talking about is the dip bucket uh, that we refer it to. Mm -hmm. Anytime that you take a cloth and dip it back in the bucket, you're recontaminating. So my best advice to any facility, whether you're religious or whatever, is do not use the dip bucket method. That is old. That is the way we might be doing it at home. But consider this, you're dealing with hundreds and thousands and literally trillions of uh, microbial organisms that are on these surfaces in a public uh, facility. And I know, know you're probably saying, oh, a church is not public. Well, uh, yeah, it, it, it may be a private church, but it's still where the public comes. So for me, I consider it a, a public meeting place. Um, now, regardless of what the chemical is in it, the product simply can't do its job because there's too much organic soil load. Now I might get a little technical with things this morning, but uh, Joe, I, I think you understand. I kind of have to mm -hmm. go there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, to the, the part of the, the product, the wiper, um, I don't want to get into too much as far as a manufacturer of product, but you mentioned one by name. And it is probably the most common, mm -hmm. the Clorox disinfecting wipes. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's the most common one. So we, I think we're just kind of using that as a generic uh, term, more or less. That, that is correct. And that's, that's because I think for most, most houses of worship, it's a common one. People use it at their homes. They can easily order it. Or at least right. now I know most people have difficulties finding those in the stores. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of the common one out there. So, so yes, what I would a generic, a generic name. So what I would tell our listeners today, Joe, is the first thing is, regardless of what you've seen on the TV, what you've seen on advertisement, and as you said, what you've seen on YouTube and other places, read the instructions and the directions for use on the product labeling completely, because I happen to know this one by heart because I get this question here at the Academy routinely. It actually says on the product label in the caution area that if the product comes in contact with your skin, that you must wash it, your skin thoroughly with soap and water. So that means by reading the instructions that if you were using a Clorox disinfecting wipe, according to the directions on their label, the best practice would be to wear gloves. Okay. Now, that being said, if I read further in the instructions, there's some other pieces of information that lead me to make certain other conclusions. Now, the one thing that you have to always recognize that instructions on labels are there primarily to cover the manufacturer in an issue. So 
they don't always tell us, you and me here out in the general public, of everything that we would like it to say in the common terms that you and I use. So you kind of have to read between the lines in some of this. Uh, and, and that's why I just said what I did. So that means if I pop it up with my hand, I just grab it and pull it up like you see people do. Mm -hmm. Then I've now got that product on my hands. And if I should wash my hands with soap and water, do I want that product now on the pew or on the hand railing or the doorknob or the baby changing table or the cafeteria table? If I should wash my skin, then what should I do to the surface that I left that residue on? Now, I'm not going to tell you what my, you know, today, unless you need to, Joe, but I'm just saying, folks, read the instructions, pay attention to what it says, because it also says in there that if this is used on a surface where food may come in contact with it, that it should have a potable rinse. So if I read these together, I'm going to go to this. And so I'm going to, um, I'm going to pull on your common sense strings here a little bit, Joe. Okay. Knowing what I just told you about this particular product, and it's not the only one, by the way, folks. Right. There's many products that say exactly the same thing when you read the, the, the instructions. If that were the case, and that is what it says, why are we leaving these chemicals on the surface and not rinsing? So in all of our protocol that we write here at the Academy, we write from a best practices standpoint. And in our collaborative cleaning, we actually have basic, better, and best. And so I'm applying the best practice to, to this right now is that no matter what you do, you always rinse and rinsing, as you said, is a physical action where I take water and a rag and I wipe residues. And when I say residues, what I'm talking about here, folks, is this is not just the cleaning residue, but the residue that maybe I wasn't efficient in picking up. And this is just basic cleaning regardless of the chemical that you're using. And I think this is the one thing that I want to get across to most uh, churches. We, we have gotten into this now with COVID and the pandemic right now of disinfectant. But disinfecting cannot happen if proper cleaning is not first done. So, and so by just using the disinfectant, doesn't disinfect so, so, Dave, can I ask a question here, especially for our listeners? Sure. Can, can you explain the difference? Because I don't think most people understand it. What's the difference between cleaning and disinfecting? It may sound like a very basic question, but I think it's, it's one that needs to be answered. Well, we actually have in the course, so I'm going to read this to you. It says cleaning agents the removal of contaminants from the environment and putting them in their place. Cleaning occurs after contaminants have entered the indoor environment and cleaning, we find, identify, capture, contain, remove and dispose of the contaminants. Cleaning decreases the number of contaminants and therefore reduces the risk of spreading infection. 
It's very basic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We simply find it, identify it, and remove it. Literally, we have all kinds of professional devices that are availability these days. Um, microfiber, a good quality microfiber and water can remove over 90% of the contaminants on the surface. Now, wow, if I add a amazing. neutral, if I add that's a neutral amazing. cleaner to that, then I can go up into 94, 95, 96. So when you're talking about cleaning and disinfecting, these are all levels of removal first. I have two basic things. This may be help your, uh, the listeners today. There's two basic principles in all cleaning, Joe. pH. Anything that has a liquid has a pH. And physical removal, which is what you talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. So cleaning is a balance of pH and physical removal. If I do that step properly, and here's the key, more routinely than I have. So literally what I'm saying, get microfiber and water and clean and clean and clean and clean again. Because here's the honest truth of it, Joe. The minute somebody touches it, the minute somebody breathes, the minute the AC comes on, we're recontaminating the whole area again anyway. Okay. Isn't that, I mean, isn't that common sense, right? It is, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I watch people as I walk about the street or go about my business and watch the things that they do. And I don't think they realize that they are recontaminating things that aren't contaminated and contaminating a whole bunch of things, such as the person. And I just saw this the other day when I went to the grocery store. Person came out of their car with a pair of gloves on, a pair of those <laughs> latex gloves, plastic gloves, you know, you use, not plastic, but latex. Went yep. in the supermarket, did all their shopping, and got right back in the car with the same gloves on the dash steering wheel and drove away. Well, that person has now contaminated everything. Their own personal environment that they mm -hmm. didn't need to. That's right. And, so and, and, and this is exactly what we're saying. So I, I look at cleaning much like the mask. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you mentioned PPE and, and, and mm -hmm. people wearing a mask. And this is what mm -hmm. we're being told right now. We're being um, almost really, uh, Joe, I mean, right now we're mm -hmm. almost to a, where it's a appointment of a nationwide mandate now. Mm -hmm. So cleaning is much like a mask. Mm -hmm. We do not have a vaccine for a lot of the infectious diseases out there, Joe. Mm -hmm. So a mask keeps your um, contaminants to yourself so that you don't spread them out. What That's cleaning right. does is exactly the same thing, only it's the, on the surface. So cleaning is my mask for helping people. All of these points are simply, uh, and, and it's not prevention because we're not preventing anything. We're not mm -hmm. controlling anything. We're just mitigating the exposure route. Mm -hmm. You can't mm -hmm. stop these infections. Uh, they're going to happen. I, I will tell you, uh, bacteria and viruses will be here long after you and I are gone, Joe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They're going to outlive every person on the planet that is on the planet today. So all that we can do is work with them. So uh, hand washing, which is the basic 
pH and physical removal. Now I'm just applying that to our hard surfaces or soft surfaces as far as that goes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And I think you, one of the keys you mentioned um, is the most basic thing is washing your hands with soap and water. And that's probably the most basic thing that most people can do before they enter a, a house of worship, when they leave the house of worship, making sure they've washed their hands thoroughly, not just a quick under the water and you're done, <laughs> which you see, you know, you, you, you know, having, having uh, used lots of restrooms over the years, which you see some people don't wash their hands when they leave the restroom, which is horrible. Some people give the quick under the water and you're done. Uh, and others are there thoroughly washing their hands. Uh, well, Joe, you led me to one of my little, my little touch points here. Mm -hmm. Those ones, you know, we all have those little things that really get us going. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the thing about this, Joe, and, and as I wrote the protocol and some people have responded um, uh, to the course already. And one person said, you didn't write anything in the course about hand sanitizer. I said, you're absolutely correct. Thank you for finding that and, and pointing that out. Well, aren't you going to? And I said, no. And they kind of were, you know, there was that, that long pause, you know, that you have usually mm -hmm. when somebody's trying to think about what they're going to mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. I said, but you have to. I said, no, I don't. Here's the thing. If hand sanitizer was better than hand washing, all of the experts would be telling us that, but mm -hmm. they don't. Matter of fact, if you read and if you pay attention, it says if soap and water is not available. And here's mm -hmm. where we've got into this problem. It's more convenient to use a hand sanitizer. And I think this somewhat goes back to what we're discussing this morning. It's convenient to use a bucket and just dip it into the bucket and keep going. But it's not efficient. It's not the best practice that we can do. We're in a pandemic situation here, Joe. Are we really concerned about convenience? Or are we concerned about doing it the right way and doing the best we can? And, and that is, in a sense, why I asked the question in, our, in the last podcast, podcast I joined you in, because it's my concern that maybe we're not doing things the right way, the way they should be doing. We should be doing things. Uh, and it concerns me um, to, to hear what people are saying and people are doing and watching them. You know, is it, and, and my concern was even more for the volunteers, because as you know, a lot of the people who are doing this stuff was all mm -hmm. volunteers, mm -hmm. even, even when we talk about pizza. And are they protecting themselves? You know, 30, 40 years ago, let's be honest, at least for me, the average person, when I talk about my Boy Scout uh, as a scout leader experience, you know, most of us didn't think of any of these things. We just kind of just did it, right? Because nobody was it. telling us. Nobody was telling us. We wasn't on our radar. We just kind of, you know, dipping the hand in the bucket with the with the rag and the Murphy's oil soap. That was the product we use. I'm not endorsing it or not endorsing it anyway. Just kind of, that's what we use. And just washing the thing. And we just, we didn't think about any of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, what are the effects of the product on us? What are the effects if I eat a sandwich afterwards? Um, you know, well, none of us thought about that 30, 40 years ago. At least, I think, the average person. And Joe, I'm a product of exactly what you talked about. Mm -hmm. um, 
I've been in the industry for over 45 years. Mm-hmm. In the mid-80s, I ran my own cleaning service, and we did Walmart stores all over the state of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And as a result of the chemicals that we used, I developed asthma. It's been chronic from the time I was in my early 30s to now I'm over 60. And now it's over to, it now has moved to COPD. Mm. It cost me $8,400 a year for one medication to breathe. This is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The exposure mm-hmm. over long over a period of time mm-hmm. gave me a chronic illness. Now, folks, I want to explain. We're not talking about something that you can take a medication for and it goes away. A chronic illness, a chronic disease like what I have, is something that never goes away. You all you do is mitigate the issues. So somebody says, well, what do you, and so, well, this is why I kind of take this a little personally is because you're, you're ex- exactly right. If we do not educate people as to what can happen, then are we doing the best we can? And I think this is the difference why you have people like myself and you and others that I know of that are now talking about this because we now know we have history. Unfortunately, it's my history. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I know several other people that have died from exposure to cleaning products mm-hmm. over a long period of time. And so it's just like, you know, COVID, on the other hand, is one of those things when you catch it, these are immediate. Uh, and that's the difference between what we're, we're talking about today with cleaning products. These are long-term diseases that happen because of long-term exposures. Right over, you know, uh, very, and, and some of these are slight, but on the other hand, we're affecting, I mean, ha, you know, one in 10 adults that come into that congregation have chronic asthma. Mm-hmm. One in 10. Now, you know, I, I, I don't want to get morbid in, in this today, but, you know, there's, there's death rates that happen every day because of illnesses that, we can impact. So you, you have to look at this and I'm so glad that you wanted to talk about this because people need to understand that this goes more than just dipping your hand in a bucket and wiping the pew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what your point was. Yeah. So, so my advice is a neutral cleaner. Cause I, I think people probably listening now going, well, come on, tell me what should I be doing? So I don't want to, I don't want to not do that for you folks this morning. Uh, so we, we already said a very basic would be, right? Use mm-hmm. a microfiber in water and 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 clean and change the wiper, change the bucket as often as you can and do that as repeatedly and as frequently as you can on every surface that you can do it with. Okay. The, the pews, the doorknobs, the push plates, everything that you can. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just basic and there's no exposure to anybody there, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Microfiber and water. Yeah. Now, if you want to bump that up, use a neutral cleaner. Now, here again, not just something that says it's neutral. Make sure that you look at the safety data sheet, because as we know, in a commercial facility, we should have a safety data sheet. Now, I know that you're probably saying, oh, a church isn't really, but we need to treat it the same way. And, and I think for our listeners, now, I know what a safety data sheet is. Because many, many years ago when I worked for the city of New York, 
I actually ran, a, I actually developed a class for my, my city agency uh, in talking about, at the time we used to call them, and the official name, I, I don't know if it's still is, MSDS, Material Safety Data Sheets. That's and, what it used to be, but yeah, it's changed. It's changed. So I'm a little old on that, but I'm glad you, <laughs> you schooled me on the right name. And so, but I think our users don't know what that is. And maybe if you could just give a, 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 a you know, a 30 second plug, what is an SDS? A safety data sheet is a sheet that will explain the hazards, the cautions, um, the emergency procedures of a chemical solution. Every chemical that is bought and sold has to have one. Uh, in 2015, all of this changed from what you said, the MSDS to the safety data sheet. I will tell you, um, you can get these. I mean, uh, you can get these even off of store-bought products that are on the shelf. You can get on the websites, uh, go to the manufacturers, and you can look up a safety data sheet. I will give you two pointers. The two indicators that you look for is look for section two, which is the hazards identification, and section eight which is the personal protective equipment that you should use. This will tell you a lot about, is that product going to be a safe product for you to be using, or should you be doing something in particular? Now there's a whole kind of, a, of other things on these, but the reason they're there is what uh, very early on, I think this was back in the 60s, the worker's right to know law, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which means the worker has the right to know what the product is and their exposures to the product. Uh, literally, these have saved people's lives because if an accident happens, you refer back to the safety data sheet so that when that accident happens and they are being sent to the hospital, that they can actually diagnose and treat the person correctly instead of compounding the problem. And that's how it all started. Okay. So, so use the safety data sheet to understand. Now on that safety data sheet, you're also going to find the pH and mm -hmm. going back to neutral products. Mm -hmm. So when I'm cleaning, I want to use a neutral cleaner. Now here's the interesting thing that people don't know that haven't been educated in this, Joe is that you have to clean before you disinfect. Now, I have people all the time, oh, well, I use a disinfectant. Virtually what you were doing is you were cleaning. You were not disinfecting. Now, that's going to take a whole lot of explanation, folks, mm -hmm. but disinfecting is the next level above cleaning. Mm -hmm. So the surface has to be cleaned first. Now, that's not cleaned visually, because understand what we're talking about here, Joe, uh, bacteria is a microbe, which means I have to have a magnifying glass to see it. I can't see bacteria on a surface. Neither can I see the food source that the bacteria lives on. So cleaning in this sense is not from a visual inspection. Cleaning in this sense, in order to disinfect, is from a microbial perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the cleaning and removing that 90 to 96% is the first step so that when I use the disinfectant, whatever the disinfectant of choice is, that it can actually do the job that you purchased it for. And then of course, then as you read instructions, 
there are certain amounts of dwell time, contact time as we call it, that the disinfectant has to sit on the surface wet in order to kill the pathogens that you're trying to kill. Does that make sense, Joe? Am I, am I being too technical? No, no, no. I think you're, you're doing excellent here. Um, you know, we've got about 15 minutes left in the show, and I, I just want to switch gears just slightly, stay on the general same topic. But if I, and I'm a professional trainer, I'm someone who does training on a regular basis, but not in your particular field, more mm -hmm. the IT and general stuff. So let's say I'm, I am responsible on my parish security committee, and I am responsible now. I've got my volunteers, and I'm responsible for training them on the proper way. And I'm not here to take away from what ACE does, because I think ACE does. I've seen some of your stuff, and I think ACE does a very good job you know, in, in, your, in your field. Um, but if I'm a volunteer and I'm running uh, a class, let's say, um, I'd like to go through some of the things maybe I think I, think I need to have in order for me to do a good training class for my volunteers. And so I'm gonna, I wanna run through these. I'm running these off the top of my head, some of which I've thought about, and some of which we've kind of talked with you about. And, and you can tell me, Joe, you're right, no, you're wrong. And, and it's okay to say you're wrong, it's okay. Nothing wrong with that, because you learn from what you do wrong. Remember that, Absolutely. you know that. You know oh, that, yeah. we've, all, we've all been to the school of hard knocks. Um, and I'm not done learning yet. <laughs> so. I've got all my volunteers, but even before I get my volunteers together, a couple of things I think from what we've talked about you need to do. Number one, whatever product that I have and I intend to use to help clean and disinfect my church, whether it be between services or after all of the services are done, I first need to have that product, whatever product I decided to use. And the first thing I need to do is I need to read the directions very carefully about what I should be doing and what I should not be doing with the product. Is that correct? And I would only add to that and be ready to make changes when you read them. Okay. The second you know, thing read, reading them isn't going to help you if you're not willing to make the changes sure. that you're going to, to see. Because in most cases, mm -hmm. we have not read the directions and it is going to require us to change our process. Okay. So, yes. So, yes. Reading the directions changing what you do and how you do things. So maybe, you know, it's, it's not just wiping something down and walking away. It's wiping and then doing a couple of other things that need to be done. Uh, second, to try to get that safety data sheet, which as you mentioned, I can go to the manufacturer's website most of the time and, mm -hmm. and it should be there and find it, print it out. And again, look at that. And I think you mentioned the two important areas were section two, and section eight, am I correct? Yes, and I'm going to add something to this because okay. most churches are buying something from a local distributor of goods. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Distributors of goods are required to provide a safety data sheet. So I would wow. recommend that uh, your procurement at your church ask for and get the safety data sheet on the commercial grade product that they're purchasing. Now, if they're buying it from the Dollar General or wherever it might be, then they're going to have to do what you just said. They're going to have to go out there on their own. But if you're buying it from a local, uh, as we call it, a Jansan house, then you do want to go to them because they have those. They're more than happy to. And they'll even help you interpret those issues. But you're right. Uh, section two and eight are the first two. They're not the only ones, okay. but those are your first two helpful indicators. Okay, great. 
third, I guess I should probably have the implements that I'm going to use. I'm going to call them implements. The implements I'm going to use to typically clean my facility. Now, you mentioned microfiber cloths. It may be people are using paper towels. I don't know what they're using out there. Hopefully, they're not using filthy rags. They, they've washed these rags clean and, and all that sort of stuff because you never know what happens out there. Um, but whatever you use, you have all of the products and you at least have a sample of the products out there for people who are going to be doing the cleaning. So if it's a microfiber cloth, I've got microfiber cloths that everybody can look at, they can touch, they can feel. They haven't been chemicals put on any disinfectant or cleaning solution put on them, but they're there for people to see and know what they're going to be doing. Would that be a, a good thing? Yes, I am not a fan of uh, using paper towels to do commercial cleaning. Okay. Um, that would not be the appropriate thing. Um, okay. As I said, microfiber is your best. You can launder those. You can mm -hmm. repeatedly use those. Uh, there are pop-up wipers that you can get uh, that, that come in a bucket. There's many different, and I call these application devices. They're, okay. simply, they're simply a device that I'm going to put my cleaning or my solution on mm -hmm. and apply it to the surfaces. So uh, you mentioned the electrostatic sprayer. That's an application device. A mop bucket mm -hmm. is an application device. Mm -hmm. A trigger sprayer is an application device. There's, we have many different types of application devices to get our cleaners or disinfectants to the surfaces that we're working on. So I've now just learned the proper terminology and application device, which I wasn't using before. So thank you for, as they say, schooling me on this. And I just wanted to hear. That's what this session was for this morning, yeah. right, Joe? Yes, absolutely. And I guess one of the other things that, a couple of other key things is one, you know, many, many churches will buy something that comes in a gallon um, or maybe a five gallon bucket or a gallon container. And then they take it and they may put it in some sort of application device. It might be a, one of those bottle sprayers or something like that. Correct. One of the big things to make certain, at least for me, because I've seen people make mistakes like this, is making certain that whatever you, whatever container you put it in, that container is properly labeled with what's in the, I always like what's in the, what's in that container. So if it's kind of one of those spray bottles, even if it's clear liquid, it should be labeled with whatever, even if it's water. I mean, I've, I've seen kids, and again, I'm a scout leader, and I've seen, I saw a kid grab what he thought was a water bottle, mm -hmm. drink some of it, and it spit it out coughing again. No, it was bleach. Okay. And, 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 and so my thing is label bottles. This and, goes and you, back to the safety data sheet. Mm -hmm. uh, in that whole program, uh, what you're actually talking about is ready-to-use diluted chemical. Mm -hmm. uh, so you take concentrate and you dilute it. Now, mm -hmm. all of these chemicals have to be diluted absolutely correctly. So I would also say to your collaborative staff here that if they are mixing these and they do not have a <clears throat> chemical mixing device that's you know, mounted on the wall, mm -hmm. if they're doing this by hand, they must have a measuring cup. Okay. Because in those instructions that you mentioned, Joe, gives you the dilution rate that you need to dilute the product. These are not something that you can decide, well, you know, a little more is better. And this is what we typically do uh, whenever you're not schooled on this. So, you know, uh, say the chemical says to use two ounces to a gallon of water. 
Um, how are you going to measure two ounces if you don't have a measuring cup, Joe? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And here's the other thing. Oh, I put four ounces in the measuring cup. Oh, well, what the heck? A little bit more ain't going to hurt anything, but it does. Mm-hmm. Because now what you've actually, and in some cases, and I'm going to say all, but actually in some cases you can feed bacteria with the cleaning solutions because what you do is you increase the organic load rather than decrease it by using too much chemical to water. These are very, these are the reason they're, the directions are there is because these have been determined to do the job efficiently. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're talking disinfectants. So my advice, uh, Joe, is that they have a measuring cup to measure that. And the work bottle label is what you're talking about. Again, distributors provide those. Okay. And so they're very, they're very specific on what is on the label, how the label looks, how it reads, what information is on the label. So for you to simply write on a bottle that had, uh, let's say it had uh, 409 in it before, mm -hmm. you can't take a paper label and stick over it and write glass cleaner on it. Oh, no, that no, is, no. That is improper. No, no, no. That's not what I was, I was even saying. I wasn't even but No, what I'm getting that. into is people do this. You and I have okay. seen a lot of things. Uh, you can't relabel a bottle mm -hmm. no more than you can use a bottle without right. a label. Right. So right. there's I, proper labeling here. And I, here, I go back to your local distributor. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're a partner of yours. They mm -hmm. want to do the right thing by you. Uh, but sometimes it's, it is up to, to us, uh, you know, our users mm -hmm. are out here to ask the right questions. Right. right. I mean, I was thinking more of using one of a brand, like, for example, a lot of churches, a lot of houses of worship use spray bottles. I was making uh -huh. sure that the idea is that it's a brand new, never used before spray bottle and you you could label it because i know if you start mixing things up it can cause serious injury you could breathe in the fumes it could cause some sort of 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 um burning on your skin if you mix things up like like you would ammonia and bleach big no no big no no well, and Joe, we're going we're, we're, we're gonna to go over our hour because you, oh, just, no, opened up two, you no, no. just opened up two more things for me. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I need to. <laughs> but I think that I think this is probably a really good start um, for those out there who may have these sort, who may have this issue, parish security, and they've gotten the um, they, they've gotten the mandate of okay, we need you to help make sure the church is clean after every service. And they have no clue. Maybe there's nobody in their, right. their congregation who is a professional like you are uh, in this area. And I, I think this gives at least the start and, and actually gives some really good tips and things they need to think about and do before they just go say, here's a bucket, here's a rag, go clean the church uh, between services. I'd like to add just one other thing, if I might, sure. Joe. Absolutely. It's your you know, show, think, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's interesting how these things happen, isn't it, Joe? You know, I think the thing that people don't understand is you know, we, we've been using some of these household products like mm -hmm. they were like like were water. Like mm -hmm. we didn't really think too much about them. Right. But whenever you're educated on this, and, and as I said, you know, I have a personal reason mm -hmm. uh, myself when I talked about that pH, you know, and, and this is, I want to go back to that because people are going to go, well, you know, neutral, you know, so it says it's an eight or a nine. It's no big difference. It is. 
because I want to I want to school you on, on on one more thing here. The difference between one number and pH is ten times stronger than the number before. So if I have a seven neutral, which is basically your drinking water, mm-hmm. and I have a pH of that chemical that you're talking about, you wanted to use, and it says the pH is ten. That's a thousand times stronger than water. Mm. However, bleach, which is what you mentioned before, mm-hmm. is 100,000 times stronger than water. Wow. Folks, what I'm saying here is that we cannot indiscriminately use cleaning chemicals especially as you're saying with our collaborative cleaners, the volunteers, the non-certified individuals, and put them at these exposures. This is a reason why we here at the Academy have these professional development courses. Mm -hmm. We have put this in an information. Uh, I know that our show's running uh, to its length, but Mm -hmm. that's why we have the courses to help people in cases like what you're talking about, Joe. And I thank you for, you know, coming on the show and, bringing about the questions. Well, thank you. Um, Would you mind, Dave, if I give people my my web address in case they want to contact me for training? No, by all means. So so again, for for the listeners out there, my name is Joseph Barone, and my website is called afoolforlearning.com, afoolforlearning.com. It's the idea that a fool sees things that most people don't see, hears things that other people don't hear, and is willing to tell you honestly what they're thinking. And, and that's gotten me in trouble sometimes, but at least I can live with myself and sleep at, sleep <laughs> at night because of that. It was also the name of my blog uh, many years ago where I used to work uh, because I loved learning uh, so much. I had a blog uh, that I would post at least once a week. So if anybody's interested, that's how you can contact me. You can, you can go there on the website. You can send me an email from that website or a fool for learning at gmail.com. You know, I got, I had, I had to think about this as you were saying that Joe, you've got two people here on that are passionate about learning. Um, and you know, we could talk with each other for hours on end learning from each other. Could we not? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and because you, you have, I was telling somebody about what you do and they said, I never thought about that. I never heard about that. That's a that's a whole interesting industry. And there are hundreds of industries like that where there's so much learning that needs to be done. And especially if you're going to be to be working full time in that industry, there's so much to learn, so much to know, to be a, a not only a, a better professional at what you do, but to make sure that what you're doing is safe not only for yourself, but for the clients that you deal with. You know, it's really interesting as you say that people ask me what I do for a living and I say I have I develop professional development courses for the cleaning industry and teach people how to clean. And they look at me like with this blank look like mm-hmm. just what you said. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because in the years when you and I grew up, there was nobody doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, over the years, people have said, well, I don't know that you can do that. Well, uh, yes, you can. And we have. And just like you started your business a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, after all of the years of doing this, I said, well, let's put it together and let's do it. And now um, I have to tell you and thank everybody that has joined us this year for whatever reason that you may have come. Um, 
We have a course, the Accredited Infection Prevention Expert course. We've been teaching it for years. We updated it uh, in February to start dealing with the COVID issue. And uh, as of this time, this year so far, we've had close to 2,000 people take and be certified in that course. And we appreciate all of those people gaining that information because I have a saying. Don't know if you've seen this or not, Joe. I am a janitor and I save lives. I have not seen that. That's a new one on me. That's a very cool and, and, and that's a wonderful, cool saying. You know, the thing is, people have always asked me all my life, what do you do? I said, I'm a janitor. And they go, oh, okay. Yeah, right. Well, you know. And everybody has this mental picture in their head of what a janitor is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I kept wanting to get people to pay attention to me and pay attention to what we were doing. And I just, over years and trying things, I added, and I saved lives. Mm -hmm. And then people turned about faced and started asking questions. So I trademarked that. Right. And uh, uh, it, it, it is very, very pointed as to why you and I are having this conversation. I did appreciate you being on the podcast live with us uh, last week and today, and feel free to join us anytime when we have a podcast here on Podbean Live. Dave, I cannot thank you enough for letting me come on and join your show. I've learned not only from looking at things on your website, but I've learned from our conversation today. Uh, it's been great. It's been fantastic. I look forward to coming on future shows with you, uh, calling in and, and, and maybe chatting. And, and maybe, who knows, someday maybe there'll be a way for us to collaborate. So I have a challenge for you, Joe. Okay. Go back to your security um, folks. Let them hear some and work with some of this information and could you maybe in the next 30 days or so come back on and give us an update as to how it was received and maybe we need to talk further? I, I will do that. I will, I will do that. Um, actually, because I'm on the security committee, so I will do that. And I'm going to actually this Sunday, I think, kind of observe what goes on between church cleanings. Maybe and, in a little different way, huh? Yeah, in a very different way, actually, <laughs> and see what's going on. And then, you know, talk to the pastor and let him know, hey, I think you're doing these things right. Hey, I don't think you're doing these things right. Let me make a suggestion to you on how to do this better. I think when we start really paying attention, then we start going, well, maybe there is a better way. And mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of how we built our courses here. You know, I've always said uh, learning is understanding why. Mm -hmm. Training is actually implementing what I've learned. Right. If I haven't learned, I'm probably implementing something incorrectly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Folks, we appreciate you being here with us today. If you've joined us, uh, if you've listened to us live today, I noticed a couple people uh, had listened to us. If you're listening to the recording, you can always go and uh, uh, join us at any time. We do our podcast whenever somebody, you know, well, has something healthy, positive, and proactive to say. I don't know when we have our next one. I know I'm going to be gone for uh, a well-deserved vacation um, for a, a few uh, few days down to the Florida Keys, staying within our state, not traveling out of state, and uh, staying safe. I'm going to be out there on an island, so I won't be around a whole lot of people. Well, Dave, you have a wonderful, wonderful vacation. Folks, Please like and share anything and everything that we do here at the Academy of Cleaning. Um, we've got our podcast channel, as you've seen today. 
We have YouTube videos. We're on Twitter. We've got Facebook. I, gosh, we're on LinkedIn. I don't know where we're not at on social media. That's what businesses do these days. I want to say thank you to everyone who has come through and taken our professional development education this year. Uh, we're here to help you impact lives in a healthy, positive, and proactive way. Joe, thanks for being on the show. We're out of here for today. Thank you, Dave, and have a great, wonderful day and vacation. Will do.